Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, and today I am joined by Rampart Race and Sports Bank Manager, Dwayne The Rock Colucci. Dwayne, how are you doing today? Doing good, Tom. Always good to speak to you. How you been? Oh, I've been great. Good to see you as well. One of the absolute best guys in the business. Glad to finally be having you on the show. And today we're going to be talking about how much juice is too much juice. Because there is a small faction of gamblers out there who like to lay massive amounts of money on very, very heavy favorites. We're going to talk about how that's not really a strategy that you want to go with because, well, eventually you are going to lose that money. We're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about when it's okay to lay with large favorites versus what sports maybe you don't want to be doing that and how you can be able to watch out for that kind of thing. So, Dwayne, I want to start it off. I want to ask you, what is it about laying, say, minus 1,000, minus 5,000, laying such heavy prices on these kind of bets that people think that it's going to pay off, but it really doesn't? Is that the case? Well, definitely from a bookmaker standpoint, we want to take those bets all day, basically. You know, and you see a lot of those, Tom, to be honest with you, hooked into parlays. That's where you see a lot of these guys that are just going to take, you know, uh, New England back in the day, Green Bay, when they were big, big favorites and tie them into parlays. Uh, but from a bookmaker standpoint, I want you to lay in excess of 30, 40 to one at any time. And Chris Andrews does a great job over at South Point in cohesion with us at the Rampart, putting these up on the college menu. And we've been featuring those larger money lines, uh, you know, so the public could dabble into it. And you definitely want to garner that handle, Tom. That's what it's all about. So, uh, you know, you see a lot of it in college football. The pro games, you know, you don't see those big 20-point spreads, 30-point spreads, uh, you know, as much as college or in college basketball. So in the NFL, you know, if you happen to see a two-touchdown favorite, you will see a lot of that late parlays and sometimes on straight bets. And, uh, you know, you see Jimmy Vaccaro and myself goof on Twitter. Uh, yeah, give me uh, uh, Clemson minus 30,000 and give me 100 tickets. So, you know, definitely uh, we look for you to lay that. We enjoy it as bookmakers. And it does take, uh, you know, a substantial amount of winners if you do happen to lose one of these games. That's very true. Like, that's the problem for people is they think, oh, well, I'm just going to lay this $1,000 to win 20 here. I'm going to take my 100 drink tickets. I've already made I've already made what money I'm going to make off of it through that. And then I just ride out the bet. The team wins. I take my 20 bucks and I go home with a bunch of free drinks for the day. But then those bets happen to lose. And that happens a lot more, like you said, in the college game. It's it's where you see these kind of spreads lay out, but it's also where you can get some of these massive upsets, right? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely uh, co more college orientated. Now you'll see the Yankees occasionally lose at a three, uh, you know, a three to one, a two eight this season, especially because there's so many games. You know, almost forty games over five hundred. So you will see it happen more often in baseball. But we're not talking about those huge, huge point spreads. Where once in a while, you know, a Michigan gets upset by an Appalachian State or something like that. So you know, you definitely see that, uh, especially in college 
college sports, also boxing. I mean, we know that Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas. There's always that outside chance of a huge punch that could knock your lights out. And, uh, you know, we do see a lot of people try to parlay the UFC now, Tom, with a lot of these big favorites and, you know, trying to get five, six fighters in a string. If it's a substantial, uh, I want to say, layover where the opponent is that much weaker than the favorite or champion. But college is definitely the sport where we're seeing most of these. And you do see a large amount of uh, parlays on a Saturday, Tom. So, uh, you know, from a bookmaker's standpoint, we love them laying that big juice. We do stick with the 110. You know that at the Rampart and Dow Point. We don't move on three, three and a half. We don't move the juice to 120. We will make the decision. But on those money lines, we are putting them up more often and we're getting a lot of handle on them. And are these people actually winning on it, on these bets? Obviously, you, you win a little bit on the return, but is a better who makes this their strategy going to be effective long term? Are they going to be making profits? Well, I don't even believe it's a strategy, Tom, when you think about it. I mean, it's just guys that are trying to get favorites home each and every game. And you see how, uh, you know, it's really not often where you're seeing teams go undefeated in these sports. So we're going to catch up to them sooner or later. And then, like I said, you have to combine about 10 winners to make up for the one loss that you have. If you do happen to have Clemson or Alabama in a huge mismatch on the money line and they do, uh, you know, stub their toes. So, uh, you know, we do have excellent handle. We do see these people. I believe that they're more after the comp points and the drink tickets and stuff like that, because you won't see most of the professional gamblers laying these big uh, numbers without a doubt. They're going to dabble in the point spreads and they're going to straight bet you. And these straight bets don't, you know, you don't amount to much if you continue on going down that road. And like I said, you have that one slip up and before you know it, uh, you know, you have to make it up. And you do see this also, in horse racing. This is where the bridge jumpers are very prominent. You know, you have a horse like last weekend, Flatline, Life is Good. These are monstrous, monstrous horses. They're in short fields, one to nine odds. And you will see the show pools where you could finish up to third and you only get 10 cent return on your uh, $2 investment. But you have guys that are betting 50, 60, 70,000 on these horses, sometimes in excess of 100,000. And that's where you do see a lot of bridge jumping as well, Tom. And that's just that that is tremendous amounts of money to be raised to be wagering in something so up to chance. Yes, these horses, they do finish as favorites a lot of the time. But all you need is one of those because we, what, what's the return on something like that? You're saying two cents, two cents on the dollar yeah. there. That's right. On a seventy thousand yeah, know, dollar bet. Yeah, you know, you're not getting much return, and you do have substantial risk, and you are wagering on an animal, Tom. So you do have to take this into consideration. You will see the pools the tracks make the pools available, and you will see those big bridge jumpers, and even on TVG and uh, you know certain television stations that cover horse racing will announce it that we have a minus show pool. Sometimes the pool even goes into a minus jurisdiction where the track is actually losing money taking show bets on these horses. So, uh, you know, the, the return is always minimal. The risk is very substantial. And even when dealing with monstrous college teams or great, great horse racing uh, or horses themselves, there is that possibility that you can lose that wager. That's why it's called gambling. 
gambling. And uh, definitely we entertain those wagers. And like I said, uh, there is no bookmaker that is going to not let you lay these huge odds. And and you touch on a great point there. The book wants you to do this because they know that in the long term, it's not going to be a profitable strategy because they only have to hit you once to wipe out all your profits there. Do you love sports betting as much as Calvin Ridley? Are you willing to stake your career on it? Well, here's your chance to win a signed Calvin Ridley Atlanta Falcons jersey, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. Subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below this video, and that's it. We will be announcing a winner right here on the channel, so make sure to turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and claim your prize. Yes, also. And we do set up our comping systems as well to where you do earn a little less, uh, you know, as opposed to betting parlays, normal parlays, when you start dealing with these big teasers and laying big juice on these money lines. And definitely as well on the horse racing when you're laying the show wagers as opposed to pick fours, pick fives, exotics. We definitely love, love these wagers because there is a large amount of money being put up by the gambler and the consumer. And who's going to turn that down for such a minimal payoff. And and you talk about Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson, one of the most famous upsets in the fight world ever really up there. All time sports with miracle on ice, UMBC, Virginia. We'll get into some of those, but with with the fight game, it is a little different because in, in an NFL game, minus 700 juice on a team, you're always going to take the underdog side of that. You're not going to lay 700, uh, 700 to win 100 in, in, in a professional football game. There's too much that can happen. The other team is, if you even manage to find a price like that, which you really should not be able to if you do. With fighting, it's a little bit different. You can actually have some people who are very legitimate gamblers who are going, I will lay 600, minus 600 on this favorite. The fight game can be a little different, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when Mike Tyson was rolling and Floyd Mayweather, these guys are nearly unbeatable. So you're going to get that sense, especially with Floyd Mayweather, that, you know, this guy can almost destroy anybody. Once you get to that 30 and 0 plateau, you're definitely going to see guys that are going to lay more and more as this fighter starts to pick up momentum. Mike Tyson, that was a unique case. I mean, Buster Douglas was well overmatched in that fight. Not many people knew that Mike really wasn't training. He was partying it up. Uh, you know, overseas. And before you know it, you're in a tussle with a guy who actually did train. And I remember also, Tom, prior to any of the matchups, Holyfield was a substantial underdog. I made a bet on the blind before Mike Tyson had gone to prison and, uh, you know, served that jail term. And I believe Holyfield was in excess of 15 to 20 to one on the plus. And that was before Mike had actually lost. And, you know, you do see a lot of patterns with fighters where guys will take that chance, especially, uh, you know, on the other hand, George Foreman was a huge favorite against Muhammad Ali. So, uh, you know, you definitely see this throughout the annals of history in boxing. And now UFC is also carrying on the tradition, although it does seem a little harder to beat a guy like Beeb, uh, uh, you know, or John Jones when he is fighting because these guys are so well-rounded. They train perfectly. And uh, you do see a lot less odds because we did learn our lesson with the Mike Tyson Buster Douglas and certain other fights. Exactly. So b- books have started to tone down those odds a little bit because especially 
in fighting, you always have that puncher's chance. There's always that chance of that haymaker that gets thrown in and takes someone out because it hit him just right. Yeah, definitely. You know, you have certain techniques. You saw Ali. I mean, Foreman was nearly, he was a powerhouse going into that fight. And a lot of people felt that George would just outmuscle Ali. And before you know it, the rope of dope is taking place and Foreman is out of gas by mid-fight. Same thing with Tyson. He started to run out of gas as Buster Douglas started to accumulate and fight better and better. Unique decisions. You know, I believe Ali was a big underdog against Liston too. So you know, you're seeing this always in boxing. But now it's a little more reined in. Uh, you know, the heavyweight division isn't as prominent. You don't have Floyd. You don't have Manny anymore. You do have Canelo Alvarez. Where you're seeing some big odds. And even his last fight, he was upset. So there's always that punch's chance. There is no fighter in the world that is unbeatable. No team in the world as well that is unbeatable, I have to say, uh, except for those Dolphins back in the day in the 70s. So, you know, Tom, we have to rein it in more because there is always that proper of that huge upset, but you do see more of the consumers wager and lay those big numbers as opposed to taking those huge, huge underdogs, unless it is a marquee uh, matchup like a, a Tyson and a Holyfield, for instance. Guys, real quick, remember when you're looking for free picks and sports betting advice, bettingpros.com has you covered with tips from over 150 experts to make it easy for you to cash out. Download the app to get sports betting alerts. You'll get notified of favorable bets based on line movements, consensus picks from the most accurate experts, and vetted systems in play. Betting Pros monitors all of the major sports books' most accurate experts and top systems to identify the best betting opportunities. So download today in the Apple or Google Play stores. Now, flipping that on its head, going from laying the heavy favorites to playing those massive dogs, which strategy would you say is going to work out more in your favor over the course of time? If you were to hunt for very large dog prices where you could bet just a little, do you think that over time that could make you more money? Or is it just that it all washes out in the rain because the the uh, the, the amount of times those upsets occur, it's going to come, it, it's either you will have wagered so much to win that one or you will have wagered so much on that one and wiped out all your losses from the other side. Well, you know, when you're betting on underdogs, you have to pay attention to trends. If I, you know, if I'm handicapping and gambling, you're always going to find a trend or a loophole, uh, especially in baseball, where you could start to get big plus prices, uh, you know, in certain mismatches and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, it's hard in college football, I would say, to beat an Alabama or a Clemson when the matchup is so, uh, you know, lopsided and one-sided, especially SEC teams against, uh, you know, basically regular conference teams, not power five teams. So, uh, you know, it works both ways without a doubt, Tom. I have some guys that love and bet underdogs religiously, and they do not bet on them every day. You know, they're picking their spots, and definitely they know what they're doing. So the professional gambler is always going to pick his spot, whether he's laying that big juice or he's taking that big underdog. And in several of the sports, you could definitely sniff out, check those injury reports, Watch, like I said, the trends, uh, the health of certain goaltenders in hockey. There are so many statistics. And uh, I always say social media is such a useful tool right now, Tom, that it aids gamblers uh, in all aspects. And if you do your homework, you're definitely going to be able to find underdogs and favorites. So I believe it.
it plays out both ways. I enjoy people betting on the favorites a lot more because we have a lot less at risk. And that's what it's all about, risk management from my bookie's uh, perspective. And definitely I like people laying those big juices and those big point spreads as opposed to the big pluses where, you know, uh, it could definitely hurt us in the long run. You saw the Vegas Golden Knights opening season. I mean, we had astronomical odds and I know you're a Vegas Golden Knight fan and we had so many people that were just betting on the blind and before you know it, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. So definitely you don't want to play games with big underdogs. That could really hurt us as a bookmaker. So I prefer to take the handle on the larger wagers as opposed to small wagers on longer shot odds. And it, it's very true. Those long shot odds can really get you, especially in the futures market. For example, last season in baseball, a lot of books were going to lose a lot of money if the San Francisco Giants had managed to get around the Dodgers and win a World Series because they were 150 to one at the preseason. And so it, it didn't take a ton of people betting them. But you have enough vacationers in town who say, I'll throw $100 down on my team and it's the Giants. All of a sudden, all of that liability can really start to add up quickly for the books. Those long shot futures are really something that can scare you guys, right? Oh, definitely, Tom. I mean, we adjust the odds all season, too. So, like you said, San Francisco Giants last year, and we have such a major handle because we're in close proximity to California. Also, the New York Rangers this year, as they started to win round after round in the NHL playoffs, I mean, you have that team sitting at opening odds, 50-1 to to win the Stanley Cup, bet down to 20-1, to some places even less. Uh, You definitely have to make your adjustments. And some teams start out real slow, like the St. Louis Blues a few years ago and then before you know it they're 200 300 to win the stanley cup and they won the stanley cup so you have to make those odds adjustments and you have to pay attention as bookmakers which we always do you know that's our job that's our livelihood guys like me chris jimmy we're always paying attention to all sports and landscapes and especially with the competition level now you have to spread out and offer more and more futures proposition bets so uh, you know to focus in on all these wagers it's very difficult but that's why we have a strong team at the south point rampart and we try and offer as much as we can but you also have to take into consideration when you're only going to get one way action on certain sporting events or matchups uh sometimes you don't want to really book it from the bookmaker standpoint so yeah futures are definitely you could see a lot of these odds get higher and higher and higher uh perfect example when the giants upset uh you know the Patriots a few years back in the Super Bowl, you you have to make these adjustments. I mean, you're going to get hurt with the money line wagers on the Giants, as well as some of those propositions, because you have so many different options and they're underdogs in almost every one. So yeah, it definitely, uh, you have to pay attention as bookmakers, but you know, we love it. This is what we do for a living. Like I said, Tom. Want to track all of your wagers in one place? Check out the Betting Pros Pick Tracker at bettingpros.com slash pick tracking. It syncs up with your sports books to tally which picks hit, which miss, and gives you a live look at what the public is doing so you can use real-time tracking to determine which plays to make and which to fade. Get on the leaderboard and quickly become a sharp by using the free advice we offer at bettingpros.com slash pick tracking. You already mentioned some of them. I mean, the Blues, they were certainly a massive one where it didn't take a lot of people betting on them as the last place team at the midseason point. 
winning the Stanley Cup. It didn't take a lot of people betting that to really make some dents in the bookmakers' bottom line. Same thing with the Giants over the Patriots. Uh, My last question for you, what are some of those other huge ones that you've seen come in and really hurt the book while you've been here? Well, we had a lot of upsets. I mean, you go uh, definitely, you start looking at boxing. Uh, Buster Douglas, like I said, 42 to 1. When Foreman beat Michael Moorer, that's a fight that comes to mind. A lot of people didn't give George Foreman a chance in that fight. Uh, what about 2009, the French Open, where Rafael Nadal, all of a sudden, he loses to, uh, what was it, Sardarling? I mean, that's a huge, huge underdog. You're talking about a guy who dominates. Always the miracle on ice. I touched upon, uh, it was one year, I remember, too where the Chiefs beat the Green Bay Packers when they were 13-0. and 0. And uh, that was a huge, huge underdog. I, I don't even think the Chiefs were at 500 at that point of the season. And, you know, you're beating a juggernaut, basically, that's chasing the 72 Dolphins and that undefeated record. So you have so many different uh, games. Uh, George Mason made the Final Four one year. I believe they beat Michigan State. They were really rolling. And you're talking about teams that have 1,000-to-1 odds at the start of the tournament. So like you touched upon, Tom, if you have a small amount even on these teams, it's going to offset the favorite money that the uh, people are betting on Michigan State, North Carolina, Duke. And you just have that small amount on a George Mason. But if it's 1,000-to-1, uh, you know you could definitely get hurt as a bookmaker. And there would Definitely some huge upsets. Uh, You know, I can't remember them all, but we try to keep our eye on teams that do have a chance. And as they get better and better as the season takes place or as they make good trades, sometimes teams get healthy. You have to make those adjustments. San Francisco Giants last year were a real, real shock. A lot of people thought they are going to beat the Dodgers because of their regular season record. But the Dodgers are a very solid playoff team. When they get to the, you know, the playoffs, they start to really, turn it around. Maybe not the World Series all the time because that's the marquee matchup, but the Dodgers usually show their merit. But we were definitely uh, counting our dollars on that team as well as the Vegas Golden Knights. Like I said, the inaugural season was where we were really, really sweating. And I know you've talked to several bookmakers that have massive six, sometimes even seven-digit deficits when you're dealing with a team like the Vegas Golden Knights and a home crowd team. So, uh, yeah, there were a lot, a lot of upsets. Definitely everybody talks, though, about Buster at 42 to 1. That was huge. Also, the Red Sox, you know, you look at adjusted series price when they beat the Yankees when they were losing yeah. 3 nothing. I mean, whoever beats the Yankees and Mariano Rivera when you're down 3 nothing in a series. So there were definitely some Red Sox takers out there. Uh, you know, I was booking even back then, and I remember that in the series and adjusted series prices, there were people that was still had faith in their Red Sox. And you tend to lose that series then because you have such big odds. And we have even a small amount bet that's going to supersede what was bet on the New York Yankees. So, yeah, there's been a lot. And those are some of the ones I could uh, think of off the top of my head, Tom. It's very true. The only the only bright spot with the Golden Knights would have been had they won all of the casinos would have made their money back on all of the victory parties that they lost in the sports book <laughs> side. But Dwayne, thank you so much for being here with me today. I've got to come back down and see you at the Rampart myself. It has been far too long, but my friend, where can people find you around the internet? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely on social media, very active, Tom. You know, I put out the Rampart and South Point's odds on a lot of stuff, make comments, sometimes some horse racing picks uh, at New York NY. 
Bookie, B-O-O-K-I-E, Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E. That's on uh, Twitter. That's where I'm really, really prominent. Uh, Instagram, I also have an account uh, as well as Facebook. I'm very easy and accessible. Just uh, give me a shout out on Twitter or send me a direct message. I will answer your questions. I follow back. I also have a podcast, the FM Reverse podcast, which is very unique uh, bookmaker's perspective. I try and give you uh, the view from my side of the counter. You know, not everybody wants a tout that's uh, breaking down. A lot of people want information like this podcast, which you do a fabulous job with, Tom. You're giving information. You're not always giving your picks. And when you do give picks, you're in a unique field with the soccer and everything. So this is a fabulous podcast, very similar to mine, where, you know, I give you those information tidbits, uh, what's happening in Las Vegas, and definitely break down the horse racing as well, which uh, it's still out there. We're trying to attract some younger uh, talent and uh, consumers on the horse racing front, but it's very difficult, Tom. I I tell you, horse racing is tough to sell because there's so much information and it is not an easy sport to handicap. So, uh, you know, the FM Reverse podcast, Twitter, uh, you can find me almost anywhere and uh, hit me up. Thank you so much, Dwayne. It has been an absolute pleasure. Dwayne Colucci of the Rampart Sportsbook. Guys, we will see you next episode. But for now, don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at TV at work. And don't forget, follow Betting Pros at Betting Pros. And if you like this video, give us that five-star rating. Hit that subscribe button. We hope to see you again real soon. Have a good one, everybody, and we'll see you next episode.